Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Amen. I'm going to take us right now to the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 32. You can just remain seated. Acts 17, 32. I want you to capture the moment. This is Paul speaking at the Areopagus, which we call Mars Hill in Athens, Greece. And I touched on this chapter just a couple weeks ago, but I have a further word. The Lord would have a further word for us. And I want you to notice Paul is preaching to skeptics and believers And he's preaching to the intelligentsia of that community. The Bible said they came to hear or to say a new thing. It was sort of like the shtick of Mars Hill. Well, that was good. Where are we going to lunch? That was sort of the attitude. And so Paul steps up on that Mars Hill. And he preaches the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And here is, I want you to notice the reactions. Verse 32 of Acts 17. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Some, somebody say some mocked. While others said, we will hear you again. Say, come back later. So Paul departed from among them. However, some men joined him. And believed. Say some believed. Among them Dionysius the Areopagite. And a woman named Damaris. And others with them. My message. I trust for your edification today. Is entitled. God's greatest desire. God's greatest desire. Would you say that with me? God's greatest desire. And I want to ask you a question today. Has God ever spoke to you? How about this section? Has God ever spoke to anybody over here? Has God ever spoke to section five over here? How about section four? God ever spoke to any? How about section three? God ever spoke to any? How about section two? God ever spoke? All right. How about section one? Wave your hand if God's ever spoke to you. Amen. In case you didn't know, that's how we have the sections numbered at the Life Church. Now you know if you're a one, a two, a three, a four, a five, or a six. We need to work on five over here. We need a few more people over there. We'll see what we can do. That's my section. Now, I know God speaks to us in many ways. His word, through the preaching. Do you believe that you can hear from God? In the next 30 minutes while I'm preaching to you today? Do you believe that? Amen. I believe it. I really do. In fact, I wouldn't even be here today if I didn't believe that I could encounter God and hear his word in the house of God. God speaks to us through the prophetic, the voice of the prophets. But I wonder, have you ever heard the audible voice of God? Or at least audibly In your spirit. I guarantee you that if you have ever heard the voice of God. Whether it's through the preaching. 
through prayer, through an open Bible on your desk or in your lap, through a friend who you know prays for you and perhaps God used them to speak to you, I can tell you that if God has ever spoke to you, that you could take us to the place. And you probably remember the time and the day. How many knows what I'm talking about? When God ever spoke to you. Now, I went to Bible college in 1975. And not everything that happens to Bible college, by the way, Alec, we're glad to have you home visiting. We're glad you're here. Not everything that happens at Bible college is godly, spiritual, and holy. Not even close. So we had a guy at the Bible college in those days. He would go in his dormitory, and you could, you could pretty much hear whatever was going, in, going on in the room next to you because there was drop ceilings, and there was, con- there was cinder block walls, but drop ceilings. And this guy would get in his room, and he would pray, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. Send me, Lord. Tell me where you want to go. And he was just praying this and praying this and praying this every day, every day. And uh, the guys that were next door to him, they thought, man, let's let him hear the voice of God. So they got a, a shortened garden hose and they sort of stuck it up over the, the wall and then sort of poked it down through the drop ceiling on the other side. And, and the guy that was going to act like he was the voice of God you know, he, he had a pretty good voice, but the only problem was he stuttered. And so while this guy was praying, God, I'll go where you want me to go. Tell me where you want me to go. God, please tell me. So this guy, he got in the, in the garden hose. He said, Rick, <laughs> hear the, the voice of the Lord. Go to ch- Japan. That's the end of the story. I think, I think the guy figured it out. That probably wasn't the voice of the Lord. Leave it up to Bible college students. But I'm going to tell you today that God is a speaking God. <laughs> Aren't you glad that he's not silent? There's a lot of people that are praying to gods today all over the world. Images made with their own hands and they never hear a word. He never talks to them one time. But we're in a house today that worships the real one true and living God. And his name is Jesus and he's a speaking God and he can talk to you today. Oh yes, oh yes. Our God is a communicator. He speaks He wants to be heard. He wants us to listen to what he has to say. Right from the beginning, God started speaking. In fact, 10 times in Genesis chapter one alone, the Bible says, and God said. Deuteronomy 6.4 is what we call the Shema. Shema means hear. And Deuteronomy 6.4 says, hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your might, 
with all your strength. You shall have no other gods before me. There is no other God beside me. I am the Lord God. Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega. I am beginning and I am the end. I am the first and I am the last. I'm going to tell you no other God is coming. The only God that can save us and help us and heal us is here right now. And he's speaking today. He's got a word for you. He wants you to hear his voice. Clap your hands if you believe that today. The Bible is actually written and designed more so than to be read. It is designed to be heard. The Bible is powerful when you hear it. Ephesians 1.11 says that God works all things after the counsel of his own will. This means that God will do what he wants. God is going to have it his way. And before this world winds up and we are living in the last days, we are going to see an alignment of the prophetic. We are going to see an alignment of God's word coming to pass. There are prophecies that are trembling right now in the scripture that are 500 years old and 1,000 years old and 2,000 years old and 6,000 years old. There are prophetic words in the word of God that have been declared that haven't come to pass yet. But if God spoke it and he did speak it, they are going to come to pass. And you and I have a front row seat. Hallelujah. We're sitting right in front of the loudspeaker of the word of God. God is going to have it the way he wants it. Don't you give up on God. Don't you think somebody else is winning. Don't you think politics or the devil or somebody's agenda is getting in God's way. God is going to have it his way. It's going to be the way he wants it before it's over. He is God and he doesn't seek anybody's counsel and he's not asking anybody's opinion. He does all things after the counsel of his own will. I'm so excited to be a part of God's plan in the last days. But as much as God wants to be heard, he wants you to hear him. I think, I don't know how many times in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God wants you to hear him, but there's something that he wants even greater than that. He wants you to hear his voice, but there's something that God wants from you that is even more important than hearing him. And that is, he wants you to believe. He wants you to believe him. God's greatest desire is for you to believe whatever he says to you. And our greatest need 
is also to believe and to obey. God's desire is to be, to be believed because he can do nothing for us unless or until we believe. And our greatest need is to believe what he says so that what he has said can be activated in our lives. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I don't care what you've got to do today, but position yourself so you can hear the word of God. Amen. You can be sitting right now during this 30-minute message and, and not hear the word of God. Amen. If you hear the word, you can walk out of this house changed and someone else can hear the same word but leave the same way they came. And I'm going to tell you that it's not the will of God that we come in and out of the house of God and never be changed and never be transformed and never obey and never believe. Praise God. And I'm going to tell you on the authority of the word of God that hearing the word of God is not predicated on the expertise of the presenter. I may not be the greatest preacher in the world, but I don't need to be the greatest preacher in the world. I'm preaching the greatest word that's in the world. I'm preaching the greatest book. Amen. I don't have to be an orator. I don't have to be a wordsmith. Praise God. All I have to do is put the word of God out there. I'm just the sower that sows the seed and you're the soil and you're going to decide what kind of soil the word of God is going to fall upon. Huh? You are not judging the word of God today. The word of God is judging you. <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew 13 that the sower went forth to sow the seed. And when he's sowing the seed, he just reaching in a sack of corn and he just slinging it. Some turn to somebody and say, he's just slinging it. <laughs> That's what they say in Arkansas, according to my wife. They're just slinging it. And the seed falls indiscriminately on four kinds of soil. Some was wayside, that means fallow. Some was stony, some was thorny, and some was good soil. Matthew 13, have you ever read it? Amen, that's going on in this house right now. There's four kinds of soil in this house right now. There's wayside, that means hard packed. That means crusty. And the Bible said the seed, because it was the ground was hard, it couldn't get down into the earth. And the birds of the air came and stole it away. And the stony soil, they, the roots couldn't get down deep because the stones were blocking the roots. And, and the thorny soil, the, the thorns reached up. Weeds grow faster than fruit and choked out the life of the fruit. 
And then there was the good soil that was fertile, that was plowed, that was ready, that wasn't challenging the word, that wasn't arguing with the word, but just obeying the word and hearing the word and receiving the word. And I wonder which soil are you? Jesus said the fallow ground is like the fallow ground of a heart. And before the seed can get down, the devil comes and snatches it away. Don't let your heart be hard packed. Don't let your ear be dull to the voice of the Lord. Somebody needs to shake yourself today. It's time for me to stop the foolishness. It's time for me to stop allowing Satan to steal away the word. That's the word that I need to change my life. That's the word that I need to become what God wants me to be. Some of us are like the stony, the stony soil. And Jesus said the thorns could not get down deep because of tribulation. And when persecution came, and because the roots were not deep, they just burnt up in the heat of the sun. And I'm going to tell you today that we all know people who have sat in this house and they were here and they worship with us, but they're not here today. Why? Because trouble came, because persecution came, maybe COVID came and knocked them out. Amen. I don't know what came, but I'm glad that you're still here today. Amen. Let your roots go down deep so that you can stand in the day of trouble and trial and persecution. Listen, don't let the spirit of offense snatch away your opportunity to walk with God and serve God and live for God. I'm not going to go to hell over you. I'm not going to let you stop me from loving Jesus and worshiping him and being in his house. And the thorny soil, Jesus said, that's people that allow the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of the world can't allow that to happen in these last days. Are you thankful that God is a speaking God? He's a speaking God. As I have been reading the book of Acts this year repeatedly, I've noticed a myriad of reactions to the preaching and the teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us the way it is. It's so real. The reactions that the apostles received during the first few decades of the church as they were preaching and teaching were not much different than the responses that their Lord had received during his ministry. When the apostles were preaching, some in the audience believed. Some not only believed, but obeyed the gospel and were saved. And yet others were skeptical and some rejected it. Some even became antagonistic and some actually reconsidered. Some were so close and yet so far perhaps encapsulated in King Agrippa's response to Paul when he said, you have almost persuaded me to become a Christian. In the text, Paul is preaching at the Areopagus. And I shared with you at the opening of the message about the Epicureans and the Stoics who were in the audience. They just came together to hear and to tell some new thing. I was thinking about this text and my mind went to 
Starbucks over here at Summit Crossing. And I haven't been in there actually for years, but years ago, uh, I was in there and I would go once in a while. I don't remember what day of the week it was, but what, if, it, if I was there, let's say it was Wednesday, every Wednesday, there'd be a group of retired men, about eight of them, and they'd push two tables together. They would sit there and drink coffee. And uh, I was standing in the line. I'd listen to them and then the line would move up and I'd hear what they're saying and I'm moving up the line. And, and they, had a, they had a sign like you see on a desk, like a gold-plated sign. It said, Lee Summit Council, all talk, no action. <laughs> I said, man, that's about right, you guys. I'd interrupt them almost every time when I'd go in there and we'd have a few laughs. But this is exactly what was going on at Mars Hill. All talk, no action. Notice the three reactions to Paul's message about the unknown God that they were ignorantly worshiping and he's declaring them, him to them. The Bible said when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some of them mocked. Others said, we will hear you again. So Paul left. However, some men said, this is the truth and we believe it. And among them were Dionysius, the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris and others with them. So notice the three reactions, mocking, decision deferred, and some believed. Those who mocked walked away shaking their heads. Those who said, come back later, didn't know how blessed they were to be in an audience of the great apostle Paul, the future scripture writer and continent oper and church planter and disciple maker. And he never came back. Let me tell you something. We may never pass this way again. We may never have this moment again. What is stopping you from obeying God today? What is stopping you from taking that next step? What is stopping you from obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me declare it to you today. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why wouldn't I want this? If the promise is unto me and to my children and to all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, what is stopping you from obeying the gospel today? Praise God. I think it's significant that those who joined them and believed his message, Dionysius and Damaris, look what happened to them. Not only did they get saved, but they receive honorable mention. We don't know the names of the one that walked away. We don't know the names of the mockers scoffers. We don't know the names of those who were undecided and said, well, you know, we got bigger and better things to worry about than this. What will this babbler say is how they talk to him. But amen, Dionysius and Damaris, they said, you know what? 
we hear the word of the Lord and faith has come by hearing and hearing by God's word and something has sprung up in us. That's exactly how the word of God happens. When you hear God's word, whatever is in that word, if you have faith to believe it and to receive it, it can come to pass in your life. If I'm preaching the word today, something can happen in your life. If I preach healing, then your body can be healed. Let me preach healing right now. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. If that becomes a rhema word for you, if that becomes a prophetic word for you, you can be healed. You can be delivered. If you're in spiritual warfare, praise God. Let me preach about that right now. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and of the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. But we're bringing every thought into the captivity of Jesus Christ. We're wrestling down those strongholds. Hear the word. Hear the word. Let it activate in your life today. Hallelujah. Anytime, you may be seated, anytime the word of God is preached, you can activate it. The Bible says in Luke 23, 25, and Pilate delivered Jesus to their will. Whew. My Lord, I'm delivering Jesus to your will today. What will you do with him? We are not judging him today. His word is judging us. Jesus is the most controversial personality that has ever lived in this world. His life, his resurrection, and his word separate believers from unbelievers. His word separates wheat from the throwaway chaff. His word separates the sheep who are submitted and obedient to unruly, ridiculous goats. He separates the two asleep in a bed and one is taken and the other is left. His word separates the two that are grinding side by side at the meal and one is taken and the other left. His word separates the two working in the field and one believes and he is taken and the other is left. His word separates the five wise virgins from the five foolish virgins of Matthew 25. You can't remain neutral very long when you're subjected to the word of God. This is why we have altar calls. This is why we have altar calls. Thank God for a church that still has altar calls. What's the point? And coming in here and hearing the word of God and be happy, clappy, and go, go to lunch. Yeah. 
without having an opportunity. We had a, a first time man visit our church. He was an ordained minister in another denomination. And he came on a Sunday morning and at the altar call, he was weeping. And right there, he confronted me and he said, who are you people? I said, what do you mean? He said, it's been since the 1980s that I've been a church in this city that had an altar call and had this kind of a move of God. I'm going to tell you the service isn't over when I close my Bible. The service isn't over when I have a stand up. Hey Amen. Don't get your mind on Buffalo Wild Wings just yet. Hey Amen. Because there's one more thing that needs to happen. You need to decide if you're going to believe. You need to decide if you're going to make a decision. I don't care how long you've been in the church. I don't care if you've been here since 40th and Harrison. You still got to decide if you believe this is the word of God. You may be seated a few years ago. I, uh, I had a, an idea that I would invite some old Sunday school friends for a reunion. This is about 10 or 12 years ago. And I got a hold, I looked on social media and I got a hold of 15 of my high school friends in my church. I didn't know much about a lot of them. I knew something about some of them. And we set a date and a time and 10 of them showed up. We had so much fun telling the old stories and just sharing our lives. And I looked at this one and a life of alcohol, addiction. He, he shared it with me. Another one, I, I can't even have time to go into all the details, but I heard their stories individually, one-on-one -on -one during the two or three hours we were together. And as I drove away and I left that couple hour gathering, I thought, there's only two of us that are still holding on to truth. And that's Pastor and District Superintendent Jim Booker, Pastor West Bend, Full Gospel Church in West Bend, Wisconsin. We grew up in the same church, and it hit me as I was driving. My mind went back, and I remembered altar calls. And how many times, as a 15-year-old and a 16-year-old, I would be down here praying, and I would be trying to touch God. And I'd have tear stains on my, on my tie and I'd get up and, and my face would be red and swollen and, and I'd look over and there was Jim over here or over there. And we were some of the last people. And I'm not trying to glorify and say that I was so spiritual. But there's a reason why he's still here and that I'm still here. Because the altar call made a difference. And a response to the word of God made a difference. And you can't just come and go into an apostolic church like you come and go to Target or to Walmart or to Price Chopper grocery store or into your office. Because I am not preaching in a vacuum today. But I am preaching the word of God and there are consequences for obeying the word and for not obeying the word. I bring the message to a close. Our student pastor Caleb and I, we were talking yesterday 
he said something that stirred my heart. And I close the message today. And if the keyboard would please come. James chapter one, verse 22. James, do you know who this James is? You know who his big brother is? Who's his big brother? <laughs> Jesus is his big brother. <laughs> it's touched my heart so deeply. James said, don't just listen to God's word. James 1.22, you must do what it says. Otherwise, you only be fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself and walk away. Who would ever look in a mirror and see a big mess on their face and not do something about it? 25, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. The only reason we know anything about some people of antiquity is because who they believed and who they partnered with. James, who writes the scripture, was the half-brother of Jesus. The only reason we know anything about James today is because he believed, but he had to change his mind. He had to change his attitude about his big brother, Jesus. Apparently early on, James was skeptical about the messiahship of his big brother. And can you blame him? They say that familiarity breeds contempt. John 7, 5 said, for even his brothers did not believe him. But after his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus said, if I come back for Thomas, if I come back for Peter, if I come back for the 500, I got to come back for my little brother, James. James. He's been skeptical. <laughs> James isn't sure if I'm the Messiah or not. James has even been critical of me, but I'm not going to let that stop me. And the Bible lets us know in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 7, amen, that Jesus came back just for James. He came back to change the mind of the skeptic. He came to change the mind of the one who said, well, I'm not exactly rejecting you, but I want you to come back later. And I don't know how that conversation went when Jesus shows up in the room with James. Maybe it went something like what it did with Thomas. James, come and see the nail prints in my hand. 
and put your hand in my side that was wounded for you. And maybe James did what Thomas did. And he fell down and said, my God and my Lord. And he was present on the day of Pentecost. He changed his mind. He changed his attitude. He was filled with the Spirit. And he became the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. Would you stand with me today? (laughs) I want the word to always touch my life. I never want to allow my spirit to be cruel to me. My father-in-law, Charles Dyson, was a prophet. He told me a story in the late 60s. Him and the great Tommy Kraft, who's still living. He's 90, I think 91 now. They were preaching a conference together. I won't tell you where it was. Somewhere between the North and the South Pole. He was invited to come. He was a prophet and they invited him to bring two sermon books that he had written. And if you ever can find them, they're priceless. No continuing city and actions are weighed. Charles Dyson Sr. And this is incidental to the story, but he was selling his books. One preacher walked by and said, books, ha! I don't need no book to preach. I got the only book I need. That's the Holy Word of God. Well, my father-in-law was there at the invitation of the district superintendent. So this guy created a situation. He said, well, sir, let me ask you a question. The only book you need is the Bible. How many opportunities, how many invitations have you had to preach at general conference? He said, none. He said, how many district camp meetings have you preached? He said, none. He said, how many sectional fellowship meetings have you preached? He said, well, none. He said, how many of your friends ever ask you to come and preach for me? He said, nobody ever does. My father-in-law held up his book, said, anybody want to buy a book? His intention was not to humiliate the man, but the knucklehead walked right into it. It was at that conference. My father-in-law on a midweek morning preached on the apostolic. He preached on angels, faith, wonders, miracles, signs. He preached on the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He preached on the laying on of hands. He preached everything apostolic. And so that evening, Tommy Kraft gets up in front of the audience. And on the back row, they said there was three or four rows of people from other denominations. This was in the days of what we call the charismatic renewal. And the Holy Spirit was falling in the Roman Catholic Church. And people were being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And some were curious and they wanted to come and see what was going on with the Pentecostals. Amen. Hear this right now. And so these are sort of skeptics. They're skeptics. Some are going to mock. And some aren't sure what they're going to do. But maybe there's some believers back there. And so Tommy Kraft gets in front of this audience. And the super 
superintendent did not believe in any of this monkey business. And in those days, you got to understand that there was a mentality that said you had to tarry and tarry for days, weeks, months, and years before God could ever give you the Holy Ghost. Come on, any old timers remember those ridiculous days. You got to tarry and tarry. You got to earn it. You got to prove to God. They ignored that scripture where Jesus said, you being evil know how to give your good gifts to your children. How much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask it? There were no mass outpourings in those days. And so Brother Kraft said, all right, God's going to fill people with the Holy Ghost in this place tonight. You wouldn't think anything of it if I said it today, but back in traditional Pentecost, that was like, <gasps> do we believe that? Or do you have to tarry till midnight and two o'clock in the morning? So superintendent was getting mad. District board's getting upset. They think they're in false doctrine. Brother Kraft sensed it. He said, Dyson, do you believe what you preach today? He said, I sure do. He said, come up here and stand with me. So the two of them come. And now people are standing up. And there's people on the back rows from other denominations. They're getting up on the pews. He said, God's going to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost tonight. Raise your hand if you want to have the Holy Ghost. A man raised his hand there, a young lady here, and an older woman over there. And they prayed. And through discernment and word of knowledge, they understood it wasn't that guy and it wasn't that woman. It was this woman right here. So he invited her to come forward. He said, how many believe God's going to fill her with the Holy Ghost? Nobody raised their hand. They said, all right, we're going to pray. They prayed, nothing happened. He said, well, let me try that again. How many believe that God's going to, this is a district conference. Superintendent walked off the platform. District board, they're starting to walk off the platform. They got to show their colors. There they go. Finally, he sees a bunch of young people in those churches in those days. They had wings. They had the orchestra wing and the, you know, I don't know, the deacon wing over there. There's a bunch of young people over there and there was a sign above the pulpit that said, if you believe, you shall receive. He said, how many of you young people believe this sign? They said, oh, we believe. We believe. He said, come and gather around this woman and God's going to fill her with the Holy Ghost. And they prayed the third time and the Holy Ghost fell on her and the Holy Ghost fell in the congregation and God began to baptize Methodists and Catholics and Lutherans with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God just needs somebody that'll believe. God just wants you to believe. And whatever you need today... And by the way, my father-in-law told me, he said, I didn't even wait around for my check. He said, I got in my Cadillac and I was driving out of the church parking lot and the superintendent came running to me. I'm not going to call his name. He's long dead. He came running. He was weeping. He said, Brother Dyson, could you ever forgive me? Could you ever forgive me? We are hungry for this. I don't know what happened. I apologize. Listen, my friend, you don't ever want to fight against God because God's going to have it the way he wants it. And he's going to do what he said he would do. And he will honor his word. All right. I'm done preaching. Let faith come by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, the altar call is now open.
Just go ahead. Come on. I preached healing. I preached forgiveness. I preached getting on the mission. I preached baptism. I preached repentance. I preach everything I know to preach. Come on. Come on up here. Folks are coming behind you, so keep coming. Make room for others. If there's a space between you and the altar, keep coming. God's going to do something right now, but you've got to open your mouth and declare what you want. As soon as you open your mouth, the Holy Ghost will come on you. As soon as you open your mouth, faith will spring up in your spirit. Go ahead. I've seen it too many times. Go ahead. Declare what you want. Stand on God's word. Speak it. In the name of Jesus, let the Holy Ghost fall. In the name of Jesus, let there be repentance. Lord, in the name of Jesus, let somebody obey the gospel and be baptized in the name of the Lord. Come on, you've heard the word. What are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with Jesus today? It's time to stop rejecting and stop mocking and stop postponing your decision. Go ahead. Come on. Go ahead and obey. See what happens. That's it. Something's starting to move right now. Something's starting to happen in this house right now. Let faith come by hearing. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Come on, open your mouth. Sister Phyllis, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Dr. Mike Berry, if you're watching, you are. I know you are. Hear the word of the Lord. Sister Diane, hear the word of the Lord. Come on. In Jesus' name. Come on, mother, speak over those backsliders. Speak over them. It doesn't even have to be preached. If you want it, you'll have it. If you'll speak it. Come on, we're not there quite yet. We're not there quite yet. I wish somebody would start clapping. Somebody would start shouting. Somebody would start taking God at his word. Somebody would start the breakthrough. Come on, start the breakthrough. 
Come on, start the breakthrough. Start the breakthrough. Come on, let your voice out. Let your voice out. This is how we pray. This is how we fight. Oh, that's it. Reach out and take it. Reach out and take it. Oh, hallelujah. Did God speak to you today? Are you going to write this day down in your calendar? Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.